there are over 75 million monthly Tubi viewers. That's more people than there are golden retrievers. Which means Tubi is more popular than using meat-flavored toothpaste. More popular than never figuring out what W-A-L-K spells. More popular than kicking your leg when a human rubs your belly just right. Tubi. It's more popular than golden retrievers. See you in there. If a friend asks how you're doing, and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because, If I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free, confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. All right, welcome to Bet the Edge. I'm Jay Croucher here with Drew Dinsick, who's about to board a plane home post uh, day after the Super Bowl. Today, we're going to do a little uh, AMA style, uh, which we're going to do on all of our Tuesday shows in the off season is the plan. Uh, and so, you know, you don't have to choose the questions on a Monday or Tuesday necessarily, but just hit us up with anything that you want answered, be it uh, any particular markets, anything betting, anything macro about the industry. Uh, to Drew's tweet, anything about wine, movies, anything we'll play. So please just get in touch with us if there's anything that you want us to hit. We'll also talk about uh, the NBA most improved player market and then quickly uh, NFL MVP contenders. But let's start off with the questions. The first one is from uh, Andy Vate, I believe. Uh, the question is, very curious about how you appear to hold down a normie job and also appear to devote significant time to studying the ins and outs of multiple sports and betting trends. How is that even possible? I wouldn't mind a peek behind the curtain along those lines if we're in AMA mode, Drew. Yeah. Uh, so the short answer to this question is I don't have kids. <laughs> I think if, uh, if I had to juggle that, uh, I would not have time to uh, devote uh, kind of all of my free time to my selfish passions of sports betting. <laughs> but uh, uh, if you did not know, uh, I do have a uh, professional engineering license. I'm a consultant. Uh, I have an ownership stake in my consulting firm. Uh, we do geotechnical engineering. We do seismic hazard analysis, ground motion, seismology, earthquake engineering. Um, and uh, for the most part, uh, yeah, that's is it's. I feel like I have to continue to do this, not just because I have a passion for that, uh, as far as like you know, just being interested in or, you know natural sciences and and natural systems and uh, and in particular how it affects uh, critical infrastructure. But uh, um, you know, it's it's uh, it's I feel like I'm giving back. It's good karma to be giving back to society uh, by uh, you know kind of working hard in the engineering space on top of uh, uh, you know spending my free time caring about sports. Uh, if I had you know if I ever won the lottery, I'd always said i would you know i would probably just try to get into sports talk radio i would try to be doing exactly what i'm doing here so this is obviously a dream job to be creating content around uh sports and the fact that it is in kind of the niche of sports betting is just you know this happy accident <laughs> so uh you know the 
ultimately the uh you know the ability to balance comes down to you know i i spend nights and weekends uh you know thinking a lot you know thinking and watching games and and breaking down data um almost all of my process in the last three years has been streamlined to um just basically letting the computer crunch the numbers <laughs> i don't have uh, a ton of hands on anymore when it comes to you know especially for nba especially for tennis like i'm just basically uh you know using the data and using the algorithms and the models that i've constructed to uh try to help find value and then uh you know recording content and making shows is uh, just an added layer of fun which is you know you know kind of uh you know, my, my principal hobby. So, uh, I'm, I'm sure everybody has kind of their own, you know, hobbies and, you know, I, I, I personally find, <laughs> find it more impressive that Jay has a young family with three, with three kids and is able to uh, create content and bet what he's betting. So, um, you know, for me, I feel like I have it a little bit easier. Um, and, uh, yeah, I don't really have any intention to kind of walk away from engineering because again, I feel like I'm providing a service to a society, uh, and, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, it take the responsibility very seriously. Yeah. Yeah. No, um, it is. And also I think it is good to have, uh, kind of an outlet outside of betting as well. Um, because, you know, I've, uh, there's been times where I've been really deep into the weeds into, you know, only betting, uh, and, you know, betting full time and it's, it kind of can get a little bit obsessive and, you know, you're just staring at your computer all day and, um, looking at, numbers and digesting Twitter content and everything. And it is good, I think, to have another outlet. And even though my job now is, you know, it is largely betting, my other outlet now is, you know, having three young kids, um, which is those three young kids, yeah, they're my uh, they're my version of our seismology, um, effectively. But, um, yeah, I've been lucky in that the past seven years, I've only had two jobs. One was running trading at a book and the other was now at NBC, Um you know, talking about betting and analyzing betting. And so both of those two things naturally lend themselves uh, to being invested in these markets. So there's huge overlap there. So uh, I'm uh, lucky on that front. Yeah, I can uh, add one other thing, which is um, at this point, uh, again, streamlining your, you know, what you're doing to come up with fair numbers is important. Everybody should do that for just for just so you have repeatable process. Um, and you know, for the large part, like I'll rely on information via networking, really like yeah. distribute your network as broadly as you can. You get as many people kind of, you know, kind of adding to the, you know, the, the information side of the handicap is, is important. If I had to just sit around and kind of track down injury information for NFL players in a given week, uh, it would be, that would be a full-time job. So <laughs> you know, yeah. network and distribute as best you can. Yeah. I think the other thing too, is just kind of being efficient in terms of what markets you're trying to solve. Like for me, I realized pretty early, okay, there's probably no point me trying to figure out like MLB run lines. Uh, But I can figure out uh, like who's going to, who is mispriced to win the AL Central or the NL Cy Young. Like that is stuff that I can actually figure out and find an edge in as opposed to grinding out two two percent edges uh, on core MLB markets on game day. Uh, Whereas there are some people who, can do that and that's what they're better off devoting their time to and they can just bet in more volume at a smaller edge as opposed to um you know targeting markets that um that that don't require um you know what you need to be able to beat uh, mlb on game day all right next question is from thomas felton i love when you guys break down tennis because i know very little about betting it could you do one of two things or both 
One, futures on the French Open, and two, breakdown differences in when you bet game spreads versus money lines in individual matches. I mean, we almost need to dedicate an entire hour podcast to this. Um, the f- part one, futures in the French Open, is uh, is extremely fun. Um, you, in my opinion, in my kind of you know, uh, what do you call it? Um, uh, career having betting <laughs> betting tennis uh, which goes back to about 2016 um the men's side was pretty easy just bet nadal at the earliest possible opportunity and forget about it um now it is very different obviously although i do expect that this particular iteration will be nadal's last french open pursuit i think he will ramp up with uh, impressive performances on the clay swing the french you know the, the, the french open is the culmination of the clay portion of the tennis season where you have really 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 um high quality tournaments uh from late april through uh early june and um you know you get a chance to really really gauge form it is very different than the australian open where you're doing some guesswork about who's you know kind of in you know who's peak because it's so early in the season you have a long runway a long on-ramp before we get to the french open um so futures are best placed in my opinion after barcelona if you look at the calendar, you're going to have a couple of tournaments under your belt. You'll get a sense of, uh, you know, guys who are coming on at that time in the year who are playing well on clay. Uh, and, uh, you know, that's pretty much where you want to shop. If you just want me to say in the blind what happens, I think Iga probably wins the women's. That's not breaking news. Uh, and I think uh, the men's is going to come down to Alcaraz v. Nadal, which would be pretty cool. Um, Djokovic seems a little checked out right now. He's out skiing. <laughs> he's not really dialed in uh, to preparing for tennis. And I think he's probably like a, maybe resting on his laurels a little bit and you know kind of focus on uh Wimbledon and getting that championship back as opposed to really kind of being able to defend the uh, the French so uh, I think Alcaraz has a decent chance to take that home this year and if I could only have one bet right now it would be Carlos okay no, I like it and in terms of the second question betting game spreads versus money lines uh I think that just broadly with that it depends a lot on uh, one, just the best price you can get relative to market um, in any given market. And then also just two, I guess, the variance uh, in terms of the matchup. Like if you think that someone is completely cooked from a fatigue perspective and things could get out of hand, then you're potentially better off riding the tails of taking the spread. Um, but for the most part, those two markets naturally are tethered off of each other generally. So you basically you're backing the same outcome. It's just um, mostly about the price point. Yeah, I would agree with that. And in general, I approach any kind of match as trying to find value on the dog. Um, and if you think that there is a realistic chance that the dog makes it a competitive match but doesn't win, uh, like you have, uh, you're pricing at 35%, where the market says this should be closer to 25%, right? That's a big edge. And, uh, you know, that's, but it's still only a 35% outcome. Um, and so you have to have the stomach to, you know, kind of take a lot of losses if you're going to take that approach. Or you look for other innovative ways, like the game spread, or in my my personal preference is to take an over, just because you're basically saying this is going to be competitive um and uh you know in general the, there's a high correlation with the uh, money line and totals in tennis and uh and you know you have to be a little bit uh you know it just depends like what what your particular risk appetite is yep 100 percent. okay question three from julian skyfish when do we start prepping for the paris olympics handicapping um before i throw to you drew i'll say that the last Olympics, which was my first proper Olympics, like getting really into it from a betting perspective, the Olympics is an absolute wrought festival. Like it is so hard for books to price. Uh, it is extremely inefficient and imprecise. Uh, and if you know what you're doing, uh, it is one of the most profitable 
events imaginable in sports betting. Uh, I have a lot of fond memories of uh, the women's uh, double, sc- double skulls rowing, uh, the the women's hammer throw, uh, the great Anita, whose last name I can't pronounce, um, the Polish uh, woman champion. It's like betting on Mahomes in the Super Bowl, basically, uh, in OT, the way that she was absolutely heaving it. There, It is just, there is so little data for books to price off of, um, and it's difficult to sift through that data. Uh, to know what is real and what is not and how to throw out past performance versus heat times and all of this. Uh, and it is, yeah, if you can find yourself an edge, then it, this is one of the, the best betting events of the year. But uh, what do you think? Yeah, this was a layup question. Uh, if you haven't already started, you're behind Skyfish. Yeah. <laughs> this is the, uh, the, the most kind of one of the most important data points is national championships from last year. Uh, so if you want to start somewhere, I would start there. Uh, you obviously can look at specific countries and their programs for development uh, and get a sense of, you know, who's starting to rise and, you know, kind of figure out, uh, you know, start weaving in some, some interesting, you know, side angles like, uh, you know, countries and time zones and the fact this is in Europe and last one was in Japan. Like there are so many fun angles that you can already start to synthesize now. You don't have to wait. So uh, now that football's over, if you want to turn your attention to something fun and like Jay said, if you want to take part of the Rourke Fest, I think that's where you should go. Yeah, absolutely. There's just so much stuff like you'll have a 200 meter race where the price for the favorite drops uh, or fades precipitously drifts precipitously because they have a bad heat time but then you actually watch the race and they clearly let up with 20 meters to go uh there's just a lot of that type of stuff so uh no there's edges galore all right uh steven garrett i'd love a reviewer a review of the clutch player of the year market thanks uh so Stephen Curry is the favorite in this market at plus 180, Damian Lillard plus 270, and then SGA at plus 350 before Luka Doncic 15 to 1, LeBron 20 to 1. Now, the biggest edge in this market was uh, a few days ago before Stephen Curry hit that game winner against Phoenix. Now, I think he is clearly the rightful favorite, and he has a fair bit of distance between himself and the field. Uh, it's a strange award, it's one that we don't have a ton of history for. But Curry, in all the metrics that you want to look at, Curry is the clear leader. Now he has his crowning moment. Um, So I think he's certainly justified being the favorite. Uh, And it's going to take a fair bit of work for anyone to unseat him at this point. All right, before we get to most improved player, the countdown to spring training is on. So for those looking to get a head start on the upcoming MLB season, grab your Roto World Baseball Draft Guide. It's loaded with comprehensive positional rankings, projections, and player profiles. To ensure your draft is a success, visit nbcsports.com slash draft guide and use code baseball24 to get 10% off at checkout. Dear listener, please close your eyes for this movie theater meditation brought to you by Fantango. Breathe in. Smell the fresh popcorn. Now exhale. (sighs) Open your eyes and proceed to the best seats in the house you reserved on Fandango. Recline. Now, download the free Fandango app for movie times, tickets, and seats at your favorite theaters. Fandango, it's your ticket to the movies. I'm ready to go. Streaming now only on Peacock. Five rich and famous international soccer stars. They have everything except love. I think girls in the past have gone for me because of what I've got. 
That's why we're going undercover. We're setting them up with single American women. They don't know we are famous. They don't know we are rich. And they'll have to hide their true identity. What do you need for work? I'm an ad salesman. <laughs> oh, God. What am I doing? Love Undercover, new series streaming now only on Peacock. For the world's greatest athletes. This is the showdown we've been waiting for. There is nothing like competing on the world's biggest stage. And when that stage is Paris, anything can happen. I have never seen anything like this. How about that? An Olympics unlike any other. What a performance! The Paris Olympics, Friday, July 26th on NBC and Peacock. All right. NBA Most Improved Player. Uh, question from Gav, our friend at Here to Make Money. Uh, did Drew know who you were talking about when you mentioned your mate Bicko uh, on yesterday's show? Um, Bicko being, of course, JB Bickerstaff. Uh, and I followed that up by telling him um, that I can't wait to talk to Drew about Camo, um, the other um, Australian nicknamed friend, uh, Jonathan Kaminga, uh, who is making a bit of a case for most improved player. Tyrese Maxey still a heavy favorite. Minus 250, Shangun plus 450, Kobe White 6 to 1, and then Kamo is 14 to 1. Uh, Drew, thoughts on um, Kaminga? I think he's playing great basketball right now. Yeah. <laughs> and I think the Warriors are coming a little bit. Um, the Obviously, you know, the what's fun about a bet like like uh, Kaminga um, is it's so highly correlated with uh, just the team doing well, right? And and having a good narrative. At, you know, if the Warriors, they were such a mess and they needed this shot in the arm in terms of youth performance and talent so badly uh, that, you know, it, this either goes one of two ways. The Warriors rise as a team and he gets a ton of the credit for that or they just flop and it's over and then no one's even sniffing in a word. But um, at price, I, I love it. I think this is uh, this is a word that um you know this this is a market that is soft you don't need to uh look any further than the fact that maxi had one gigantic performance went to you know uh, and went to minus 800 and then has immediately slipped to minus 250 like this is a highly volatile market right now uh and uh the sixers tending to you know stumble their way into the playoffs instead of coming you know going in with authority i think is going to hurt max's case quite a lot um we uh, we've always talked about the rubric for this award is the first time all-star and I know Kaminga is not going to have that in his uh, in resume, but uh, the fact that uh, you know Maxi's case is so tenuous makes me think this is one of those years where it might not matter. Yeah, I think we have a very vulnerable favorite now in Maxi. Even if you want to make the case, he's still the most likely player to win. Uh, just given that the team is going to slide, they did a little bit at the deadline to improve, but not not a great deal. Like Kyle Lowry and Buddy Hield will help, but not in. Uh, a way that I think is going to make them an above 500 team the rest of the way until Embiid gets back. Uh, Shangun is just, like I think he's maybe the most deserving candidate on merit, but that team is just semi-scuffling uh, and he's in relative anonymity. Kobe White has, I think, a fine enough case and he's got a huge increase just in his raw statistical numbers, uh, jumping uh, up to you know around 20 points per game almost. Uh, effectively doubling his average. But again, just randomly, Kobe White already averaged 15 points per game uh, in his career. And on that team, which is kind of Houston East, albeit in a bigger market, I think White, I think he has certainly a chance. But uh, I think that I would have Kaminga uh, above 
both of those guys at the moment, just given that I think his his improvement is the most surprising uh, and the most jarring. So between that, between the fact that the Warriors just get a lot more attention than the Rockets and the Bulls, also the fact that uh, Kaminga's emergence into the second best player on the Warriors in the eyes of some, at least he has been for the past month, that just gives him so much more narrative than Shangun and White, like he is seen as rescuing Golden State season. So if Maxi is to slip up and his efficiency is already declining uh, and the team is losing more, then I think he's going to be in trouble and I think Kaminga can sail past him. The other thing with Kaminga is that, yes, he's only jumped from 10 to 15 points per game at the moment, but that is poisoned by him not having that much of a role early on in the season. If he just keeps on doing what he's doing uh, at the moment, then uh, he's going to finish at 18 to 19 points per game. And if the Warriors sail home against a soft schedule, then I think he's going to have a pretty compelling case. I think the only thing I can add, because that was perfect, the only thing I can add is uh, he deserves consideration just because he has improved dramatically. Like, if you just want to boil down, how do you define this award? Like, has Maxi taken that much of a step forward from last year? Like, he was the hot ticket for MIP last year. He was kind of expected to have this role. He was just a year late. Kaminga has literally totally... Uh, you know, up, updated his game, improved his game to where he is now uh, a guy that, as you mentioned, could save the Warriors season. Yep. And that's, I think that's a great point that Maxi's improvement is so much more linear uh, than Kaminga's, which is so much more surprising. Anyway, Drew's got a board of flight. Uh, so safe, safe journey home, mate. Uh, we'll be in touch uh, and we'll chat to you later in the week. Okay. Uh, before we get to NFL MVP, which I'll quickly touch on before we sign off, Thursday night is another chance to watch a new chapter in college basketball history when Caitlin Clark chases down the all-time NCAA scoring record when Iowa hosts Michigan. Coverage of the Big Ten matchup begins at 7.30 p.m. Eastern, exclusively on Peacock. For the world's greatest athletes. This is the showdown we've been waiting for. There is nothing like competing on the world's biggest stage. And when that stage is Paris, anything can happen. I have never seen anything like this. How about that? An Olympics unlike any other. What a performance! The Paris Olympics, Friday, July 26th on NBC and Peacock. Dear listener, please close your eyes for this movie theater meditation brought to you by Fantango. Breathe in. Smell the fresh popcorn. Now exhale. <sighs> Open your eyes and proceed to the best seats in the house you reserved on Fandango. Recline. Now, download the free Fandango app for movie times, tickets, and seats at your favorite theaters. Fandango, it's your ticket to the movies. For the world's greatest athletes. This is the showdown we've been waiting for. There is nothing like competing on the world's biggest stage. For the United States, unbelievable. And when that stage is Paris, anything can happen. I have never seen anything like this. How about that? An Olympics unlike any other. What a performance! The Paris Olympics, this summer on NBC and streaming on Peacock. Okay. Uh, 2024-25 NFL MVP market. Its prices have opened uh, in terms of the top tier, at least relatively similar to last season, where your three favorites, Patrick Mahomes plus 600, Josh Allen plus 800, 
Joe Burrow at plus 900, and then CJ Stroud, who I'm sure will be a popular bet, is at 11 to 1. Lamar Jackson, Justin Herbert, and Dak Prescott, they follow. Uh, I think where this market just starts and will start for the next five, six, seven, eight years is that Mahomes is just too long at plus 600, and there's bigger prices out there in the market than that. And when you look at what Brady and Manning achieved, and you think about how Mahomes, how dire of a regular season he had this year relative to his established norms. And I still think that if MVS catches that ball against Philadelphia and if Kadarius Tony isn't offsides against Buffalo, then I think there's a good chance that Mahomes is able to win MVP. Uh, he may have had to improve his stats a little bit, but I mean, statistically, he had. Uh, I think a better season than Lamar Jackson. It was just that the team success and the idea that the offense was scuffling, this is a defensive team now, that all weighed against him. But he was still right there in a season that ended, uh, that went as poorly as it could for him. So I said this at the start of this year. There's nothing that's changed my mind. I think peak Patrick Mahomes and his peak continues to get higher and higher in terms of what he's doing in the playoffs. I think that the regular season version of him will be better next season with Rasheed Rice uh, improved. Presumably, they will get more out of their supporting cast than they got out of MVS and the Sky Moore failed experiment and all of that. I think you add all that up and he should just be plus 300 to win MVP, like max plus 300 every season uh, and going forward where it's not just that he is the best quarterback, um, but he is so widely regarded as the consensus best quarterback that if there is a close race, you suspect that the tiebreak goes to Mahomes. I get it with Josh Allen, who I think is the second best quarterback in the NFL, but Allen's player profile, it just isn't really conducive to what voters have uh, historically prized in MVP, where Allen just turns the ball over so much. Uh, And I don't think that is ever going to go away. That is just the type of player that he is. Uh, and voters just hate turnovers. Uh, I thought that Allen, I mean, I, Aaron Schatz voted for Josh Allen to an MVP. I think I probably would have as well, but his turnovers are so poisonous for the rest of the voting base that he just doesn't get the credit that he should um, for wearing the Superman cape like he does and adding all the value that he does rushing uh, and kind of ex- ex- succeeding without that strong of a supporting cast, at least this year. Uh, Burrow just plays in such a difficult division. It's tough to be single digits for MVP in this type of field with Mahomes and Allen when uh, are they even going to be the favorites to win their division? I suspect Baltimore will be right there. Stroud, the team, it's difficult. Uh, Lamar, 12 to 1, is about fair. There's no long shot bet that really stands out. Um, at this point, Drew and I were talking, we were talking uh, a couple of days ago about. If Deshaun Watson was the most deserving MVP candidate, would he actually win MVP? Because if he didn't have uh, his his baggage, to say it lightly, then 80 to 1 on Deshaun Watson would probably be a good bet because his last year in Houston, he was effectively a top three, top four quarterback in the league and he has that ceiling and he has the weapons. But that's it. that betting on Deshaun Watson uh, at this point doesn't seem particularly appetizing. So... I just think that this market, it starts with Mahomes for now. I just, I, the market isn't, it's not aggressively short enough on him at this point. Um, we will talk about more long shot possibilities later on uh, in the off season. But for now, I just think, I think Mahomes, uh, Mahomes is the bet. And 
We talked about this earlier in the year. It's across really all sports that often the favorite for MVP just isn't short enough and not just MVP, but other awards as well. Like we'll see when the defensive player of the year market opens up. I'm assuming that my two bets in that market are going to be Micah Parsons and Miles Garrett. Like they are, they have been for the past couple of years because I think it's something of people just not wanting to tie up their money and people always looking for long shots in the market and books are pricing in variance to some extent by not having the favorites ultra short. But I think even when you're basing in variance, it's, I think it's reasonable to say that Patrick Mahomes is a 25% chance to win MVP in a season in the middle of his prime. And that's what plus 300 is. So I think plus 600 is, is just comically too long. So that would be my bet in that market. Uh, and I'm sure we'll talk about this market plenty uh, over the coming months. But for now, uh, for me, it's Mahomes. All right, we are done. Don't forget to check out NBCSports.com for more information to help you with your wages. Thanks to those watching on the NBC Sports YouTube channel. If you're listening to us in podcast form, don't forget to rate and subscribe. And also a reminder to find all your favorite NBC Sports shows on Amazon Music. Just head to Amazon.com slash NBC Sports. From Jay Croucher and Drew Dinsick, we'll see you tomorrow.